When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Human to Human, the show that connects truths and bridges the gaps between our human experiences, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and I'm so glad you're here. This episode's special guest is author, philanthropist, and my new favorite badass, Glennon Doyle. Her and I, we did a thing where two human beings give each other permission to just do the human thing without judgment. Yeah, it was amazing. The courage of Glennon's recent bestseller book, Untamed, set the tone for this beautiful conversation. And for me, our chat was an invitation of self-love, owning our stories, and rewriting our relationship with disappointment. Now, before each episode, I give a few recommendations inspired by the conversation that you're about to hear. I share a song to add to your playlist and a book to check out. I also share a reflection question based on something that was sparked in the episode. So here goes. This week's song to put on repeat is Girls Like Me by Jasmine Sullivan. This week's read is Duh, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And the reflection question is who benefits from me playing small? Yeah, let's write that one down. Don't hesitate to leave your response below or at stacyag.com. Now, let's jump into this conversation with Glennon. Welcome the queen, the chief well, queen herself. Thank you. I am beyond honored to be here. I've been looking forward to this all week, actually. Me too, me too. Me too. I, um, I realized later, like probably maybe a week ago, um, that I was with you when you did Oprah's um, Super Soul Sunday. Like I had no idea until I was like, kind of going through my research. I was like, I knew it was you, but then later putting together all the thoughts. And I put myself in that day, mind you, I used to work, had a TV show on her network at that time. I had just interviewed her six months before. And she was like, you're amazing. Put you on the show. I was like, girl, what's going on? You know, it was a whole moment for me, my career. And I'm like, so that weekend, her team was like, you got to come. Like, we love you. I'm like, okay, great. Like, I, this is my life now kind of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we get there. This is 2017. So I, I look at, I think about Stacey in 2017. I think of that girl. I think of the friends that I brought and like how blah, blah, blah we were feeling, right? And I think of the speakers. And I remember seeing you and I remember hearing you. And if I'm honest, we went home and we went through all the speakers and we were like, so did y'all hear what like Glennon was talking about? That was so like positive and everybody was like yeah it was and we were like what about the part where she said things like universe was that weird and like what about the part that she said like look inside yourself was that weird we were like yeah it was okay we agree like it was just like I think back to how scared we were like let's just stick with John Gray like we understood what John was saying that's low-key what I'm trying to tell you I was like John makes sense. We've all been at Lakewood. I'm from Houston. I go to Lakewood when I get to go there. You know, I'm friends with his family. Like he was on the Oprah show. I'm like, I get him. I know what he was saying. But she was saying something different. And I'm not sure if I'm ready to hear what she's saying. So we're going to put her- I understand this so deeply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I reckoned with that last week and I was like, that was her. And I also, not only was it you, but it was me. I think about 2017 me who couldn't even hear you, who was like universe. Nah, she sounded cool, but, right? Mm-hmm. And like, now that was expansive, but, you know, that's not really, she's not really like, right? And I just, 
I just had a dangerous. I mean, if you use the word universe, you might as well be like a witch. I'm not right. (laughs) Hurry up and put John back on here so I can understand what's going on. Like it was just a series of like, I don't understand what's going on. Why did Oprah invite me for this? Like she knows where I stand. Like it was just this whole internal thing. And at that time, every friend supported, you know, we were all like, yeah, that's how we think. And all, and just to see that same group of friends all be in this new, open, expansive, free depths, unknown space. It really freaked me out. I was like, thank you for a minute. And like, obviously I didn't, you know, there's so much to your story. There's so much to that unveiling, but I was very grateful to relate to the fact that you come from a Christian background, because honestly, there was a lot of parts that I was like, okay, I get it. It's cause she had that free potion. It's cause she's talking about you. It's cause she, it's cause she, and then you said like, oh, I know the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I can really, I can. Now that's when the tears were insane. That's when you look to your mom, like, there's someone who knows what we're talking about in this house and is giving me real tools that I can, that I'm not, I don't feel scared to read her book now. Cause I, your, my friends are like, read on tape. I'm like, okay, when I'm ready to be on tape. But <laughs> yeah. I'll read it when I'm ready. <laughs> but, so deeply, like, oh my God, I mean, I used to be scared. God, I, I, I mean, I remember probably Liz Gilbert, who's one of my dearest friends. This was her t- with me. I was like, oh my God, why are you saying like universe? Like, <gasps> like, I'm not allowed to hear this. Like I used to just, and then you know what? What, what led me to start speaking with different language because that's all it is. Yeah. Just using different language was my desire to not make people feel left out. Yes. Like, what Christiany people like us or wh- whoever identifies as Christian, which can mean a million different things, by the way, right? Um, what we worry about, like, is that safe for me? But we, we rarely worry, is what I'm saying safe for other people, right? Because all of our Christianese yeah. is just a signal, I'm in and you're out. Right. And listening to so many people who were not in the lane that I came from and how hurtful, you know, belonging and unbelonging language can be, especially around God. Yeah. Because when you think about it, when you're signaling, I'm in and you're out with, with, you know, Christianese language, what you're signaling is I'm with God and you're not. And on top of that, my job is to bring you over here. Oh. On top of that, I have another job to do, which is make you like me. So you're fine too. So then it's like, you know, sometimes there are some Christian people, Stacy, who I swear, I feel like the same with them as I do when some one of my friends has just joined one of those pyramid schemes where they're like trying to sell me eye cream and shit. And I'm like, wait, are you like really my friend? And you, or do you just want to sell me eye cream? Like, and that's how I feel with some Christians. Like, do you love me? Or are you just trying to sell me this idea of that you have that, that you're worth? that your power is based on how many people you can gather to your side. Like, 
I don't know. It's interesting, right? It's, it's, it's something that I do believe that there's language that we can use that doesn't betray anybody. It doesn't betray our faith or our religion or our God. It's just a way of making more people feel invited and beloved and gathered. Um, and it's so important to me. It's so important to me to use inclusive language. It is. And I think the, the hard part about recognizing how much inclusive language you have is you gave us so much, two things that, that kind of broke me. You gave us so much understanding into nuance and not just in this book, like who you are as a person is so nuanced. And you just decided to like live like a human, which is nuanced. While some of us choose to be like, no, we have to choose. And it was very scary to have the keys handed to me by you to say, hey, like you can totally live in, the, in all the complication and be, and be beautiful and fine and be wonderful and, and do it. And I was like, but girl, like I know I have to choose eventually. So what chapter are you going to tell me to choose? Like, which one do you be like, okay, girl. So I already gave you, now, now that I've given you everything, just choose. <laughs> like, and then you, and then you end us with human. I'm like, goodbye. You didn't even, you didn't even ask us to choose at the end. You said for all of it. That's a very scary, that's a very scary, wonderful, beautiful, free falling place to be. It just for some reason makes us feel so safe to say, I am this and you are that and she is that and he is that. And even the word she and he, like we could deconstruct that, but we won't because we're, that's for later. <laughs> but <laughs> but what I think is so fascinating is that the most beautiful parts of who we are are all things that don't have categories and never have, right? Like this idea we have of, um, well, of faith, right? It's like this idea we have of faith that is so, it's like some kind of gorgeous energy pull inside of us that guides our life. And it's like, so indecisive and we as human beings we just so desperately want to categorize things and name things and so we take this gorgeous nameless energy and we just say it's like it's like liquid right it's just always changing who needs an alarm in the morning when mcdonald's has sausage egg and cheese mcgriddles and a breakfast cut off ba-da-ba-ba-ba and always like what are your faith is different today Stacy than it will be tomorrow than it will be the next day than it was five years ago ever changing but it's like water and we take these little glasses of religion and say fit it all in here right and when and when we have a glass that we're trying to fit our faith in it's solid and, it, and faith can't do what it's supposed to do which is flow and change it becomes less of of an energy it becomes less of a relationship like with god and instead it's just this category that we just stay inside of right so it kind of takes the whole the whole essence of what faith is and constricts it and that's why so many of us feel so constricted inside of dogma yeah. because dogma is so different than this beautiful faith that we have inside of us it's our faith is bigger in so many ways than the religion that's been handed to us by um generation after generation and accepting that and being okay with that is very challenging like i'd love to ask how did you start accepting the parts of your story that you didn't write 
Mm. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Jeez, first of all, I'm going to write that question down and think about it for the next 10 years. <laughs> um, but for now, I'll say, God, I felt like so much of my life was just written for me for so long. You know, I think I became bulimic when I was 10 years old. So, um, you know, I think so often about how that went down and why that went down and why a child so young, I mean, I have, you know, my youngest is 12 now. And when I think about how sad it would be for a child that young to have such a secret life, you know, um, I will tell you because I think you'll probably actually get this, although I've never really tried to put this in words with anyone else, but there's a part of me that think that thinks that even at 10 years old, I knew that I was bigger than all of my little cages. Because when I think about it, an eating disorder is a little girl's way of saying, I know I'm not supposed to have big hunger. I know I'm not supposed to be hungry and yearn and want and need. And I know I'm supposed to stay small, but I can't do it. So I'm just gonna like, have this private place where I indulge all of my hunger and desire, right? But then I'm gonna conform, right? My bulimia was like, oh, but then I have to still stay small. So I'm gonna purge, right? Cause I wanna still follow the rules and be a small, you know, I understand what the world wants from me. It wants me to be small and quiet and pretty and take up not a lot of space. I, I do believe that there was part of me that understood at a young age that I didn't fit into whatever the spaces that I was supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then I think Stacy that I just also, and I guess this is just more of the same story, but I, I, I was a really sensitive kid. Mm -hmm. like really, I look at my daughter Tish now and she's a lot like I was, I think when, when I was a little, whew. Um, big feelings, big, big opinions, big, big, right? <laughs> oh, the parenting. Oh, I love it. There's, yeah, there's so much to that. Yeah, but like, it's so interesting because I think because I, um, you know, I became bulimic when I was 10 and then that morphed into al alcoholism and, and, um, and so I spent most of my formative years in hospitals, in therapist office, medication, all the, you know, all of the things you do with a kid when you don't know what to do with a kid. Mm -hmm. So I think that under, there was like this underlying belief I had, which was I'm crazy. Like I'm, we all have these right. underlying shame beliefs, right? Based on what someone accidentally taught us when we were little. Abby's is, she was raised in a very strict religious Catholic family and she's a gay kid. So you can imagine that her underlying shame belief is like, God doesn't love me. I'm not, I'm an abomination, you know, all of that. But mine was, I am crazy. And so it really took, and, and Stacey, I'm saying, I'm, I had this shame belief until like last year. Okay, this is not something I got over early. Right. Right. It was like, even when I was vertical human and like a contributing member of society and like kind of speaking on Oprah's stage, like I still was like, oh God, what I really have to do is have them not find out. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a, that's a part of the nuance of I am great and I still think I'm not. 
which is dumb because I'm great, but I think I'm not. Like it's, trust me, yes, so continue. Yeah, and then it makes it so hard to trust yourself, yeah. right? It took me raising my daughter to, to kind of rewrite when you said the parts that other people wrote. I think the world wrote that, that um, self-definition for me. You're crazy, like you're, but the thing is that I was never crazy. I was just a super sensitive kid, mm-hmm. right? Who didn't have the skills or the resources or the help she needed to figure out how to be a highly sensitive person in the world. And actually now I know, I mean, my sensitivity, though it led me to um, addiction because people who are not, who don't have, who are sensitive and don't have the skills for it sometimes do end up in addiction because that's where sensitive people go to numb themselves. Mm -hmm. But my sensitivity is also what makes me a really good artist, right? I wouldn't change it for the world. My anxiety, so I call it my fire. My therapist calls it my anxiety. You know that, right? Tomato, tomato. (laughs) I love that. I need that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to name yourself. You got to use your own. I'm trying to find a new name for a to do list. Like, I'm in the process of like, what is that? That needs to change immediately. It's getting too much. It's getting too much. So we can figure that out. But wow. Okay. Can we come back to that? Because I really like that and I need that. My life has been narrowed to to-do lists and I don't like it. Yeah. I feel like I'm in debt all the time. Like my whole day is just like, what do I get to cross off? And then Stacey, if I do something that's not on the list, I think it's a wasted thing. Oh my gosh. Especially when the thing's about caring about yourself. Stop it. (laughs) So then I have to add it to the list just so I can cross it off. I literally be like, it's just me. Like it's yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, so we do need to come up. We need to reframe that. We need to reframe that. So anyway, what I, I guess what I'm saying is that it took, that's why Stacey, the, um, the line that's so important in the book, which I thought it was so, so amazing that so many women related to that, this line, I think they could feel it in their bones even if they can't verbalize what it means to them, but the whole, you're not crazy, you're a goddamn cheetah. That was to me, that was like, oh, Glennon, you were never crazy. You're just Glennon. Right. Right? Like, you're not crazy, you're Stacy. You're not crazy, you're, like, you're, you just don't, and we're not meant to fit inside the cages they put you in. That's why you feel crazy. That's why you feel restless, because you were meant to be wider and to be freer, right? And then, the, and then the universal gaslighting of women comes on top of it. That's like, oh, you're just emotional. You're just angry. You're just blah, 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 right? So it's the resisting of the gaslighting. The like, I'm not crazy. I feel what I feel. I know what I know. That's my crazy dog. She is crazy. <laughs> it's, it's scary because when we hear, when we have the gaslighting, when we have the never enough culture, then we have to like, then we have somebody say like, but be yourself. And you're like, you're lying. You don't want that for me. So please don't lie and tell me to be myself. Please don't be the company or the, the, the brand or the thing, whatever the thing is, the society. That's what hurt my feelings about the book because I was hoping it was just me right? It's easier if it's just me. Cause then I'm like, Oh, I'm the leader who needs to fix myself. And like, that's what leaders do. Right. We'd rather take it all on. Oh, it's just me and untamed. And I see it. But when you wrote those words, so many chapters reminded me that it's all of us, which 
and some part made me like want to hug everybody and some part made me very sad because I know how long it takes for all of us to change. Mm -hmm. A new baby is being born every second. And I'm like, they have to walk into this. <laughs> I don't want them to do that. Like, I'm like, hold on one second. Nobody born, like raise anybody one second. Let's all figure out, let's all switch figure this it out. Figure it out we'll bring first. Everybody else in. Yeah. So I just, I wonder what that was like to get those words down while still dealing with like evolving within while knowing outside is still what it is. Yeah. Like, well, anxiety is still what it is sometimes. I mean, here's the good news and the bad news about that. It's like, there are parts of me who have been freed. You know, clearly I left my... Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Broken marriage and followed my love for Abby and have allowed myself to feel comfortable in my own skin for the first time. Now, also, Stacey, Abby and I don't run around in fields of sunflowers every day. Like, we're still a freaking couple who's been stuck with each other for six, eight, nine, 40 years in COVID. We, we are driving each other nuts. Like, there's no escape from being human, right? It's like, yes, I'm glad that I have found these. I, I'm, I'm, when it comes to faith and religion, I can tell you that I only feel evolved in the, in the way that I can tell you I've never ever been more solid and comfortable with my faith and my relationship. And I've never been less able to like define it or talk about it or put it into any right words, you know, which makes me like, it makes me giggle whenever I still hear people spouting so much dogma or, or, you know, it reminds me of like, do you remember this quote? So Maya Angelou, Dr. Maya Angelou said that whenever somebody says to her, I'm a Christian, she just looks at them and says, really? Already? <laughs> and I love that so much because to um, me, like, she had the understanding that, like, to claim that, like, really? Have you given up all your possessions? And, like, you are walking with, like, the most marginalized and oppressed people every day, and you are marching toward the empire, and you are willing to be crucified at any moment. Like, wow, good for you. <laughs> That's not what anybody means when they say that, right? Of course not. 
So like, I just feel that I do feel freed in the fact that I don't feel the need to define it anymore. So I guess that's the free, it's not an evolution like of, oh, I get it now. I've got it. I've got faith. I figured God out. Mm-hmm. It's the freedom of being like, oh, God isn't something you figure out right. ever. Right. Like, God, this isn't something we're ever going to nail down here. Nobody has nailed it. Nobody has figured out God. Like, that is not going to happen. All we have are these, like, opportunities for beautiful conversations about the gorgeous mystery of it. Yes. Right? So, so that is the only thing that I could point to as any sort of evolution is just that I feel like I have evolved past worrying about nailing it. Yeah. Right. Or thinking I'm like one step or one year or one book away from nailing it in any area of my life. That brings me to when you talk about control versus trust. Sis, I'm like, moment of silence for the fact that you put those two next to each other. I'm like, that was so unfair because <laughs> we are, and it's un, and right. It's not like unfair to, it's unfair for all of us that we thought controlling was trust. And it kind of like this example, I'd love to kind of share it with you of when you're having a moment of self-awareness, right. And you're like, wow, I'm beating myself up right now. Like I know I'm doing it, but I'm going to keep doing it because I would rather do that then just get out of my head and trust, right? We rather control, like spend our time controlling whatever it is and be like, okay, well, I know I'm beating myself up and I know it's not necessary and I know it's fine. And I know that even if the internet met, I know it's fine, but I'm still going to do it anyway. Yes. And there's that, there's a tool. What is that? <laughs> I didn't start figuring this out until Abby looked at me one day. So, So I'm in this relationship, right? And we're like, really trying to love each other like in real deep ways like different than my first marriage which we were just trying to like crush it in my first marriage we were trying to like family we were trying to like parent we were like partners and trying to be good at the you know like I don't know we did our best and yeah. God Craig I just adore him he's just the best and he would tell you like we were just we were trying to nail the family thing. Um, but, you know, Abby, she just has this major like trust about the universe and people. And like, she thinks people are just doing the best they can and everything will work out. Stacy, people who believe that everything will work out make me insane. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like I work things out. And if they don't, if I don't work them out, no one works them out. And nothing has worked out. Clearly. <laughs> and mean, you don't know, I need to work you out. <laughs> P.S. The people who say it'll just work out are counting on people like me to work them out. <laughs> so that they can keep watching Netflix. Okay? So anyway, clearly I've just really, you know, freed myself of all of those bitternesses. But the point is one day I was doing my very controlling thing with Abby, which was like, she was telling me about something for work. And I was like giving her all of these suggestions, which is my way of like bossing her and trying to control things. Right. And she stopped me and she said, honey, I see what you're doing there. 
And I need you to know that when you do that, it makes me really sad because I can, I know that you're trying to control me. And what that means is that you don't trust me. And that makes me really sad because I trust you so much and respect you so much. And I was like, wait, so, so what I thought about after that was like, oh, so we can either control people or love them, but we can't do both because love requires trust and we only control things that we don't trust. So Stacy, I wish I could show you. I have a I have a piece of paper right now where I have written down all of the things that I don't trust. Because the things that I try to control are all the things. Yeah. Everything. Right. So when you make your list of the things you try to control and you realize you don't trust any of those things, you you understand why you're tired all the time. Okay, like, like I don't can trust, I don't trust, well, I'll tell you, I don't clearly don't trust my own body because I have struggled with body and food stuff since I was little, as you know. And when I think about the way that I control my food and my exercise, it, I'm, I'm trying to do everything that I can do to make sure my body doesn't just handle its own business. Yeah. Like I'm trying to beat it into submission basically, you know? So if I trusted, if I loved my body, that would mean I trusted it and I would just be able to eat what I wanted and move how I wanted and let it be. So that's been your inspirational talk for today, Stacey. I have no answers, zero answers. But I wish that I would trust, like I feel like that's the answer. If there's a, if there's a way of, of getting more peace, it would be to trust more things in our lives and stop controlling, which would be a good a good definition of faith, right? It would be the best. But then it requires us to first love ourselves in the deepest way, as well as trust ourselves in the deepest way, which was really a, a hard part to wrestle with. And I assure, I, I assume, but I know that that was a hard part for you to wrestle with. I know when you talk about like, you know, telling your mom, the truth about who you are, what you want, what you believe, how you are going to now live that out. And then saying, hey, this is me also telling you that this is a sacred space and you only come once you trust that too. Mm -hmm. And it really freaked me out that you said that was the first moment you became an adult because I'm like, this stuff is getting, a, this is a really, this is, this is not fun. The transition between, and I tell my mom and dad this all the time, you guys are parents, but you're now becoming consultants. You need to rock with that. That's just I love that so much, Stacey. I've used that like six times since I've heard you say it. It's so good. It's just what it is. I'm like, let's do that, which also means I am this adult now. And, and you know, you saw in the chat, I'm the oldest of five. I'm the oldest daughter. There's just a lot there. And it's, you use words like should a lot. You use deserve a lot. You use I couldn't, you know, you just, I mean, it was really brutal going through this book because it's, it's, it's really unfortunate that what we think is love is not love and we pass that down. And the fact that you're a parent and I'm watching you wrestle through it, like you're doing it in front of us, which is like why I just, I'm so encouraged by you because that takes courage to be like, I'm out here being human. I know we do it in the house, but I'm gonna do it publicly because I think we should all like, just be real about the fact that this is what it is. Yes. You know, so. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. 
Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sobriety, which is like, you know, recently, maybe yesterday, very recently, somebody said to me in an interview, you know, is there anything you won't talk about? Like, it was there's always this air, this era of shame in it. Like, it, when a man talks about his life, it's literature, right? But when a woman talks about her life, it's like confessional. Oh, right. <laughs> wow. So, um, so I guess. The, the reason that question is so interesting to me when I hear about like, what would you not talk about anything? No, because I'm not ashamed of anything. Like what, I'll, I'm just having a human experience. I mean, Stacey, my job for the last decade and a half has been to just listen to women. So I opened up a PO box like 10 years ago. The letters that women send me, I mean, every, like once a week, I just sit down and just open a few and read them. It's like one of my most sacred spaces. Because I just think holding stories. I mean, this is why I fell in love with you. With was is it Ariel? Is that my saying anymore? Is it Ariel? You did the the Ariel. I mean, I I checked and did one of you invite me or something? I don't know how I ended up on that. I missed two calls because I was gonna step in to that thing for five minutes and I stayed for freaking ninety minutes or something. You were there with us, crying like there was something so. Um, transcendent about that conversation and and what it was is that you were you you two were so honest mm. and we think of honesty as like the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up now is you were honest in a way that moved me so deeply and was I was watching the comments just moving everyone else so deeply this shamelessness that that was there that made everybody who was watching you just breathe deeply and feel less alone. Because at the end of the day, like I've never done anything or thought anything or that a million other people haven't done and thought. And like my, what I've learned about myself by listening to so many other women is that I'm not special. Mm. That's why I can talk about anything because I'm not freaking special. Like there's even me and I've been through some doozies. I've oof. Like, there's nothing that I can say or admit or confess or whatever that a bunch of other people aren't going to go, oh my God, me too. And I thought it was just me. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And that's the best. That's the most freeing thing, right? So, so I just, I learned it in early sobriety, which is like, we are only as sick as our secrets. That's one of our mantras, you know? And, um, and I could feel the freedom that you and Ariel could were experiencing between each other, sharing, sharing, honestly, you know? So that's like one of the joys of my life is that moment. Yeah, I love that. I love that. What is the last thing you forgave yourself for, for the first time? Okay. Well, this is so random, but. My kid is, um, my oldest, is in the middle of his college applications. And so, by the way, he like will not take any of my advice on any of his essays. Stacy, I'm like, I'm a freaking New York Times bestseller. Right. <laughs> like, do you think I might have a clue about that word, Chase? No. Fine. Mm. 
He did, let me just tell you this, you're the first person I've told outside of my family. I'm reading one of his essays about his strengths, which public speaking was one of them. And he did say in the essay that he believes that he got his public speaking skills from his father who sells software. Okay? Okay, that's- I was like, I was like, oh my God. I'm like, oh, that's great, honey. Yes, I'm sure. I called his dad. I'm like, listen to this. Listen to this. So anyway, the point is, <laughs> the point is that he wrote in one of his essays mm-hmm. that he, that one of the, re- it was like one of the reasons he loves plants so much. He's, he's obsessed with plants. He has like 50 plants in his room is that he moved so much as a child that he loves his plants because his plants show him in in real time, like he can measure the amount of time that he stayed in a place by the growth of his plants. And that made me feel really bad because one of the things that is true about me is that I really like change. And I think this might be tied to this idea that I have, that we all have to some extent, which is destination happiness. Like, oh, so the reason why I'm not super happy is not because like I've never been perfectly happy and it's not because life is just kind of depressing and being a human, it's hard. It's because I don't live in California. You know, that's what it is. Like, I feel like in California, people are happy and um, humans, it's it's just humans are less human or something. I don't know. So I am constantly, Stacey, forevermore deciding that my life will be better if I live. Oh, I once decided that um, I really liked country music for a little while. So I once decided that the problem was just that I didn't live in a small town. Like I needed to live in a small town with like one traffic light. I did, Stacey, move my freaking family to a town. And I lived there for four months. Till we learned, actually, we just like to listen to a country music song every once in a while. We are not small town people. <laughs> we moved out of there, okay? So, <laughs> so the thing is that w- when you parent, you just do the best you can. And after a little while, you learn that some of the things about yourself that you're still figuring out caused your kids some stuff that that will make that ha- that gives them a little bit of pain right and and it just um I don't know it's just the last thing I remember reading I read it and thought oh it was like a little twinge like oh my god I made that child move so much and then I was like you know what I was a a drunk I wasn't I'm I'm crushing it so what he had to move a few times. Look at your vertical upstanding citizen of a mother who is kind of fancy and has several jobs. Get over it. Oh my God, being a parent, I am like, I'm falling more and more in love with the learn the process of it or what I, I'm learning the process is because it's really, your job isn't as much of, and I'm reckoning this with my parents, but like your job isn't to make a good kid or show a good kid the way it's really to hand them back to themselves and be willing to do that and guide them back to themselves, just like you got guided. And you might not have got guided in your formative years. You might've learned that later, but I just think 
I don't know. I've been, I like the way that you discuss parenting because you really break it down to it being, first of all, a hard as hell thing. Mm -hmm. And that it's not like we can throw all the memos away of the perfection list that's supposed to be. And it's not. On top of that, it, it gives an opening to every leadership role. Parenting might be one, but like being a teacher, being a best friend, being all these titles and defining yourself without the titles. Yes. I don't know if you, do you feel like you've officially defined yourself without the titles? I, I still- oh, I don't I feel like anything after I am for me is, is uh, a promise that I won't make. Mm. Anything after I am yeah. is a promise I won't make. Like I am period. And, and I think that we need that for our children. I mean, I, I think that whatever expectations we have, no matter how good or right we think they are, whatever they are will be a cage for our children, right? So one of my favorite moments with Tish that I put in Untamed is when she came home and she was complaining because she, her brother wanted her to sign up for all of these clubs that he was in in high school. And she said, I don't wanna do these clubs that Chase wants me to do. And I said, okay, well, don't do them. Like, what's the big deal? And she said, well, I don't wanna disappoint him. And I just, we, we had to talk about that. And I just ended up saying, Tish, your job for your whole life is to disappoint as many people as it takes so that you never disappoint yourself. And she said, even you, and she was kind of joking, but I said, especially me, especially me. Cause Stacey, you and I know like the hardest taming is from our parents. Like I, I know some of the fiercest activists in the world and they are on podiums and they are screaming about freedom. And then they're at home crying about their mamas. Like if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Your mom, everybody thinks they're untamed until they have to call their mom, right? Like I have friends whose parents have been dead for 20 years and they are still trying to live up to their parents' expectations, Ooh. right? So it's just this beautiful thing when we figure out, oh, the best way that I can honor my parents is to trust fully the daughter they raised, right? Which is ourselves, like our path, our path, our path. So, so listen, I mean, I, I just think that there is a way of parenting that is less of an expectations list that they're supposed to live up to and is more of like this partner treasure hunt, which is like, let's just keep figuring out who you are and being and marveling at how we're the same in some ways and how we're different in some ways and how we have, you know, like everything being like an excavation of each other instead of like a cage building for each other. And, and, and you know what's cool, Stacey, is when you even think about the word disappoint, it's a point, isn't it? You are literally appointing. The people you are afraid of disappointing, you have appointed as the boss of your life. Ooh. Right? So when you disappoint someone, 
dis and then a point. You are removing them. You are, instead of putting them, instead of appointing them, you are disappointing them as the guide of your life and you are appointing yourself. That's good. And that is such, like, I can't believe how hard that process is because I heard it and I'm like, yeah, okay. Everybody's about to get disappointed, but that's not true. Like, I know that's not true. I know I have to like think through who do I want to take down one at a time? Do I take them both? Like, it's a, it's a whole thing. And it is. it's, I, not, easy. it's it, not easy. And it's just this, this, the process of self-trust, which is the ultimate, the mm -hmm. ultimate level of faith that I'm in, there's no one way to get there. There's no, like, even if I ask Lennon, what is in your toolbox of self-trust? It's gonna be different than somebody else's toolbox. That voice is gonna be different, what time it comes on, when it comes on, what show sometimes reminds you of something else, like, I don't know, right? But like that self-trust is, it's a very difficult thing. What would you say right now is your relationship with self-trust? Mm -hmm. Well, while I agree, but the path to it looks different mm -hmm. for everybody. I will tell you that I think it's simpler than we pretend it is. Like oh. every time one of my friends comes to me and is like, what should I do? I don't know what to do. What should I do? What should I do? I don't know what to do. I'm always like, yeah, you do. We, we always know what to do. <laughs> we just don't want to do the thing that we know to do because the thing is hard and scary. So we just want to talk about it with each other and pretend we don't know for a decade and a half. <laughs> right? So I know that the path is different for everybody, but after talking to so many people about this, I do believe that we all have the knowing inside of us, that women always know we know what the thing is that we, we know the thing that needs to heal. We know the conversation we need to have. We know the, the relationship we need to break off or begin. Like we always, always know. So, I mean, the truth of the matter is, Stacey, I think that the trust thing, right, is just, it's a little bit cerebral. It's, it's understanding that we have become people who have been taught to trust everybody else above ourselves. And especially women, and especially women who have been raised in any sort of fundamentalist religion, right? Because I'm a person who has a deep, deep faith, but I'm also a person who has clear eyes. And I do, I've been a part of enough fundamentalist religion to understand that one of the ways that religion gains um, loyalty from its people is to make sure that those people don't trust themselves so that they rely on the leadership of the church. So we learn that through things like do not lean on your own understanding. Do not, your heart is wicked. Oh, like the story of even at like women don't go for more. Don't go for more. Don't follow your curiosity. Don't follow your ambition. Don't you will destroy worlds, right? The indoctrination is hard and it is um, it does a number on us. It does a number on us. So part of it is cerebral. It's understanding all of the ways we have been conditioned to not trust ourselves and who has benefited from that. 
mistrust of ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And then it's, for me, it's a matter of, tr- of, 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 of trying it. Just like, because, because Stacey, at the heart of this is this idea that if we trust ourselves, if we follow our deepest desires, that the world will go to hell. That we can't just do that. That 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 would that would be bad. That means we believe that at our truest, deepest self, we are bad. That is what we are saying. Okay, but what if that's not true? Like, what if if we followed our deepest, deepest, purest, truest desires? What if that was good? Right? What if we are actually good? and true. And when we get beneath all of the surface desires that consumerism has taught us, you know, what consumerism does is it just takes a a good, deep, true human desire and it attaches a product to it. Okay. So it's like, people need a break. People need a rest. People need to breathe and stop producing. So how about Seagram's? So then, so then Seagram's is like, oh yeah, God, these women need a break. Like their life is hard. So then they show us women dancing on beaches and like, you know, and, and then our heart goes, I want that. But then our brain goes, oh, so I need that. So like the idea is, or like, I want to belong. I want to belong and I want to be happy and I want to be like everyone else. And then they're like, oh, you need these jeans. But like, if you look at the surface desire, which is the booze and the jeans, that's and you look beneath that at what you really want is you really want to break and you really want some good friendship, right? So like the deepest desire, the thing underneath the thing is good. It's just that consumerism screws it all up. So people are like, oh good, and we can't go for what we want. We can't go for all these jeans and Seagrams. And I'm like, no, I'm not talking about the jeans and Seagrams. Go right below that, please. Right the jeans and Seagrams. Oh, that right there. Wow. I can, we can really take away from that. We can really sit with that. That is some, not only is it practical tools, we can be like, let me look the thing behind the thing. What's the thing behind the thing at all times without being scared to experience the thing behind the thing and want the thing behind the thing. Yeah. You can want, or like, you know, my friend is like, oh my God, I'm, lo- I'm like, so I love her. I love her husband. She's like, really into this guy at work like this guy is paying attention to her this guy is whatever she's in a good marriage all right she's like glad and I just it's like I love the I love that she wants this guy and I'm like okay let's get to the thing underneath the thing mm. what is, is it about him is it about the way you're looking at him or is it about the way he's looking at you like how is he looking at you He's making you feel excited again. He's making you feel wanted. He's making you feel seen. Okay, well, in every relationship that lasts for 13 minutes. So like, go, let's, let's talk to your person. Let's like be honest and say what you need and like get it again over here. Cause the, cause the desire, you don't want him. You want to feel alive again, right? The desire beneath the thing is good. That's a different therapy session, guys. I'm not sure how to sign up for this class. Yeah, like, I know it's a lot. That's real. Like, saying, I think we can trust ourselves, and I'm not saying we can trust the desire to make out with the guy at work. 
Right. I'm saying we can look underneath that to figure out what we're missing and needing and wanting that is good and is true and is right and figure out how to get it in our lives. And say that that's what we want. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I don't want to take too much of your time. Right before we end, I just want to say, going back to the to-do list, how can we rebrand? How can we rebrand? I mean, I sat with this for a couple hours. I said, to-do list. What does this mean? What is this? Is it like, because I was like, to, to, to love list, to like be list. I, I, I try, I don't know. I was going back and forth. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I mean, okay, what are we yearning for that's not, it's like, it's like, I don't want to be on my deathbed and be like, okay, I completed 400,000 to-do lists. Like, that cannot be what life is about, right? No. So I wonder if there's, like, our to-do list could be a part of our day. Like, we have a couple hours where we're knocking off our to-do list. And then somehow we leave space for the rest of the day that is for creation, right? Because the thing I don't like about a to-do list either is it makes us live in reaction to what somebody else wants from us, as opposed to waking up in the day and being like, what do I want to make and create and do with this day? I think we do have to have in some way too. Wait, say that again, I missed it. It's also attached to our worthiness in some way and that bugs me. I'm like, Mm. I'm not say I'm only worthy if this is scratched up, I will not do that. And so continue, sorry to cut you off. It's like a little, it's like a little pat on the head from, it's like, good job, Glennon, my to-do list all day. I don't want to live that way. Oh, not at all. Okay, what we do need to do is figure this out, Stacy, together so we can tell the world in 2021 what the new to-do list is and is not. So let's figure that out together. I'm going to think about this for the next week. I'm not kidding. Honestly, honestly, I'm, I have it written down already because I was like, you got on your to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> I purposely wrote it on a board so I could be like, you are not associated with this. I'm separated. Yeah. You. you are something else. Yes. But um, I just, wow, thank you so much for sharing space together and really, really just taking us to a healed, more healed level as we go through the nuances and the breakthroughs and all of the courage it took you to write these words. Like I, I can't, I no, I can. Um, I can see exactly how you got here. And I'm so proud to, like, to have been able to connect with you on this level and to see you rise and share this because truly I believe you're a voice in the healing generation. We need it. Like we are, we're, we're, we're getting healed. I feel it. I'm like, okay, we are doing the work. We are. We just need more people telling the truth about humanity. And that's it. That's it. Okay, we can do that. We yeah, can do that. Can that. Yeah, we can do it. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your time. And um, we're going to break for this crazy year and then we'll begin again. Thanks for listening to the Human to Human podcast and this episode featuring a conversation with Glennon. If you enjoyed this episode, which I'm pretty sure you did, please subscribe, rate, leave a review. And while you're at it, share this episode with someone you love or just someone you like, as long as you share it. Your feedback is appreciated and your thoughts are valued. 
Stay connected between episodes at stacyag.com slash human human, where I'll be answering this episode's reflection question. You can also connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at one take Stace. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and remember, we are not what we do. We are who we choose to be. So let's be curious, let's be in community, be love, be support, and be real together. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.